0: This hour is brought to you by Vasectomy Clinics of Chicago.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now is a man who's got a massive brain.
0: Mike Florio.
2: He used to be a
1: lawyer, then he decided to take his talents to
2: the internet. NBC Sports. I'm sorry I'm late, I was talking to Robert Kraft. That isn't the time for an airing of grievances. Pro Football Talk. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now, you're
0: gonna hear about it. Mike Florio. With Bernstein, Holmes, and Rahimi. On Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Back to... Indy we go. Mike Florio joins us on the Circa Sports Illinois Hotline. Download the Circa Sports app today. So, Mike, the question is, how much oxygen is being used by the Bears and attention to the Bears and all of the waiting for what they could do or may do?
2: Well, I think a lot of it depends upon how people interpreted the comments yesterday from head coach Matt Eberflus and GM Ryan Poles. Chris Sims and I, who interviewed Poles and heard what Eberflus had to say, have come to the conclusion that Justin Fields is being traded. And it's just a matter of time. And at a deeper level, there is a possibility that by some of the candor that they applied as to what they're looking for in a quarterback – Maybe they're hoping that he will ask to be traded so that when they do trade him and they don't get a great return, the interpretation will be they didn't get a great return because he asked to be traded. Because I get the feeling that they haven't had the kind of natural organic market for him that they thought. And either way, the clock is ticking. If you're going to trade him, you got teams out there who are looking for quarterbacks. They're going to fill those seats in free agency and through guys who are released like a Russell Wilson and – you're going to have teams that don't have needs. So time is of the essence. And I feel like they're trying in a very subtle way. If this is deliberate, if what happened yesterday was planned and strategic, they're trying in a very subtle way to get somebody to call up and give them something that they feel good about so they can move on from Justin Fields and draft Caleb Williams. That was our takeaway from talking to polls yesterday and listening to what Eberflus had to say.
3: I feel the same way, Mike. We talked about it a lot on the first segment of our show this morning. It's also, I think, notable that the reason we've seen inflated trades, and I go back to one the Bears made here a lot in this scenario, which was them giving up that 30-second pick for Chase Claypool. The only reason it happened was because of timing and a position of need and then also the threat of another team being interested in Claypool. And to hear what the going rate has been on the trade for Justin Fields and what the return would be not be different from anybody. Everybody's saying the neighborhood of a second-round pick and something else. For a quarterback that a team could build around with a lot more talent than a guy like the guy I just mentioned before in Claypool. It is surprising to see everybody be so synchronized on this. You have to question it somewhat.
2: Well, you're right. And there's one other way this could go, although it's risky for the Bears they could decide to hold on to Fields until after round one. And then in that 18-hour window between the end of round one and the start of round two, if there's a team that still doesn't have the quarterback it feels good about because it didn't sign a guy in free agency and it didn't get the guy it thought it was going to get in the first round of the draft, then you could send a second-round pick and maybe some more to get Justin Fields. But that's risky because if that doesn't work, then what do you do? with Justin Fields? Do you keep him for one more year at $3.2 million and have Caleb Williams on the roster as well and try to do an Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes thing? I don't think Fields is going to go along with that. You've got. The I don't think Caleb Williams deadline. is going to go along with that. Yeah. I mean, really, he's
0: yeah. the, that's the other thing. We presume, like, you just sit him for a year. Williams is, I, I think he wants to find out right away with this. Right. Or, what, what's the plan here? He's interviewing teams, and if somebody says, well, yeah, we're, you're going to be an apprentice for a year, he's like, hell no, I'm not.
2: Yeah, I don't think there's a good way out of this for the Bears other than to strike the best deal they can and have it in place when the league year begins before a team decides we're just going to go sign this guy or that guy or that guy. And it works against the Bears that there are so many veteran quarterbacks who are available or are going to be available this year. You've got Kirk Cousins, you've got Baker Mayfield, you've got Jimmy Garoppolo who – you know, isn't a high-end starter. But Russell he's still Wilson. Serviceable if you keep him healthy, Wilson's going to be available. Sam Darnold's going to be available, who, you know, they're not ready to give up on him yet. I mean, you've got options out there, and that just makes it challenging for the Bears to get this thing landed properly when whoever acquires Fields is going to have to give up something to get him.
1: Mike, I'd love to know what you know about Arthur Blank as an owner because you, you think about a place for Justin Fields to land, Atlanta, the place that he's from, he's an exciting player. They, Arthur Blank is has been a, a fan of having exciting players. With Raheem Moore saying what he said yesterday about, hey, if Atlanta had better quarterbacks, I wouldn't even be here right now. Do you think that there will be any pressure from – Arthur Blank, to try and find not just a quarterback, but an exciting one?
2: Well, when you look at that stadium, number one, it's state-of-the-art, and number two, it seems like it's always half-empty. And they can't blame it on the food being too expensive because that's the one place where the food is really, really cheap and really, really good. So they need an exciting team. And one of the things Raheem Morris said yesterday, and he said it in multiple different locations, the idea that they want a guy who's going to be a good fit for the coaching staff, for the team, and for the city. And when you've got Fields with a connection there, you've got Kirk Cousins with a connection there. His wife's from Alpharetta, and her family still lives there. I mean, you know, they're kind of playing their hand a little bit, and it just makes you wonder which way they're going to go. You can get Cousins for nothing by way of trade compensation. You have to give up something to get Fields, and Fields is going to want to get paid at some point on the back end. But think about, you think about Fields with those weapons that they have. I mean, my goodness, like, we still don't know where his ceiling's going to be, but you put a lot of great players around him, all of a sudden his ceiling's going to be a little bit higher than what we would have thought.
3: I mean, that is all we've been trying to say, Mike, is everything looks really good, and suddenly a lot of criticisms about not being able to lead a team down a field late in a game when you have multiple options where you can throw run runner pass to. A lot of a lot of things look a lot better suddenly for him, and I think the discussion changes immensely.
2: Yeah, you don't need to worry about leading the team down the field late in the game because you're going to be well ahead by the time late in the game rolls around.
1: Mike, where's Cousins in his rehab right now?
2: Well, we saw the video of him this week dropping back on a tennis court, which I guess is the most unforgiving surface you could find to show that you're able to move, but it's far from full speed. And here's the reality. The guy's going to be 36 in August. And once you tear one Achilles tendon, the belief is that it's more susceptible to the other one going. So this is a guy who's been very durable throughout his career. That thing popped on a grass field with no warning just six days after he had, I think, the best game of his life against the 49ers on a Monday night. But that's part of it, too. And the Vikings, we had Kevin O'Connell yesterday. I think they have a number that they're willing to pay Kirk Cousins. They're not willing to go above it. And if Kirk Cousins finds anything else that he wants, their attitude is going to be, we wish you well. You've earned the right to go wherever you want to go. They want him. I pressed O'Connell 100% unequivocally. They want him. I think they have their price, and they're not going to go above it. And I think they have a very quiet confidence that he's not going to find anything better than what they're willing to give it.
0: We always look at the NFLPA survey when it comes out. We're looking at the Bears' results. There were some marginal improvements. And I, the, the, the fun stuff is in the comments where you actually hear some quotes in there that sum up what some players are saying. What were any of your takeaways from th- what you read this year?
2: Well, I haven't read it yet because we've been doing interviews at defensive line prospects all morning. But I've seen from my writers as they've been commenting about it the fact that the Chiefs, like you take Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid out of the equation, they would have a mutiny in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Clark Hunt, number 32, and they were bad last year, and Hunt said all the right things supposedly about what they're going to do to make it better, and they haven't, and it just shows you, it underscores the value that Patrick Mahomes has to that organization, the value that Andy Reid has, and Andy Reid's making $12 million a year. Are you kidding me? They need to double that right away, that thing is being held together by a couple of personalities and a couple of skill sets. And beyond that, it just seems like it's an organization that that cannot compete with the other teams in the NFL.
3: Well, it, it, it again just illustrates how a good coach, a truly good coach, can change everything. And I feel the same way when I read the note about Mike Tomlin and Art Rudy in Pittsburgh, that players reportedly gave Tomlin an A, and gave Rooney an F.
2: Hmm. Yeah, and look, this is a, a conversation that is occurring within the context of something that I've been repeatedly bringing up. And I, I brought it up again this weekend once we saw the, the spike in the salary cap to $255.4 million per team. I would love to have access to the full unvarnished numbers of player salaries and coaching, real, actual, accurate coaching salaries for the past 50 years. Because I believe that when we would compare the increase, the rate of increase for players to coaches, it would be a significant, if not astronomical difference. I think that the owners collude when it comes to what they pay coaches. I've heard different stories from different people about meetings where an owner will stand up and say, we can't be paying these coaches more than $20 million a year. They do a very good job of holding the line. And... You said it, what a difference a great coach can make. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo's contract last year, $25 million a year. Would you rather pay $25 million a year to Jimmy Garoppolo or $25 million a year to the best head coach in football? $25 million. I mean, what's the best head coach in football worth when the highest-paid quarterback is making $55 million a year and the NFL is trying to prevent that market from going haywire? Results like this just underscore how important a coach can be, and maybe it'll get some of these coaches paid more, what they're getting because the best ones deserve it.
0: See, I was thinking something else when we look at how low the Chiefs rank in general. And on the Chiefs report card, according to uh, your story here, Mike saying it's clear that there has not been a significant reinvestment back into the facility, facilities even after consistent success. It's led to a high level of frustration among player respondents and reflects in club owner Clark Hunt's ranking as the least willing to invest in team facilities among all NFL owners or ownership groups in the opinions of respondents. If this is where Ryan Poles made his bones, is if this is this organization and everything about the organization – Ryan Poles comes from this. Ryan Poles is of the Chiefs. All of the, the institutional knowledge and best practices of the Chiefs. Well, really? Why, then, then what are we doing here? Don't, might we want to rethink this idea of connection to success when we're talking about more than just putting uh, players together?
2: Well, it explains why they want Caleb Williams. You get a great quarterback, you don't have to worry about all of this stuff. Everything else takes care of itself. great quarterback goes a long way toward covering up a lot of flaws, and apparently it happens on the field and off the
3: field. And that great quarterback, though, and Patrick Mahomes does a lot of work outside of of the facility. As we've seen, it's been documented on quarterback on Netflix to make sure that he's in the shape he needs to be in. It's, it's a lot of outside resources that people seem to discuss when these player surveys are also brought in.
2: That's a great point. You're paying that out of your own pocket for the extra stuff the team doesn't make available, and it just shows how lucky they got. Now, they knew he was going to be good. They had no idea he was going to be great, but just the fact that that he isn't constantly going back and asking for more when he would fully be entitled to more. He's the most valuable asset that the league has right now. I've made the argument from time to time there should be a separate fund that compensates the true star players who are like the ambassadors of the league. That Patrick Mahomes' value to the National Football League and the Chiefs is two or three times, if not more, than what he gets paid every year.
1: Mike, what's going on with the Cowboys overall? Like they've they've had some rule change things that they wanted to get out there and there's also just a big conversation about who they are, what their culture is and what they're about.
2: Well one of the big questions emerged from a comment that Jerry Jones made a couple of weeks ago that he wants to go all in this year. It's like, well, what does that even mean to go all in? When you got a quarterback with a $59.4 million cap number, what does it mean to go all in? How are you going to create the cap space necessary with his deal to go all in. What are you doing with Michael Parsons? Are you going to defer his contract another year so you have the money necessary to go out and address your other flaws? you got a receiver in C.D. Lamb who's waited four years now to get his contract. Well, one year because you can't get one after the, until after the first three years. He wants his contract. How do you go all in with making your team better when you've got to take care of him? They have a lot of issues they have to deal with. And yes, every team is happy that the salary cap has gone up. I don't know that the salary cap going to where it is is nearly enough to begin to solve the issues the Cowboys have. as They try to hold together the team they have, add to it, and finally get back to the NFC Championship game for the first time since 1995. Every time I say that, it sounds ridiculous that it's been that long for the Cowboys, 29 years since the last time they're in the NFC Championship. But I, I don't see them doing anything this year that's going to make people say they definitely will get back there next year.
1: Of all the people that you've had the opportunity to talk with, whether it's off the record or, or sitting down with, with you at PFT, who's impressed you? Who did you walk away from? The, you look at Chris, you go, oh, man, like that person was way better than we expected or more truthful than we thought.
2: Well, I thought that Kevin O'Connell cleared up a lot of stuff that I'd been wondering about with the Vikings, both as it relates to Kirk Cousins and as it relates to Justin Jefferson. I don't know what's going to happen with Jefferson long-term. They really want to get him signed. They don't want to trade him. And they've made it clear that they haven't had any conversations or discussions about it. I just can't help but wonder whether or not at some point Jefferson gets exasperated and asks to be traded. But O'Connell did give me clarity that we hadn't previously had on their desire to keep Kirk Cousins. They hadn't been very plain about it. I don't know whether that's deliberate, whether they want the confusion or not. But from the perspective of fans and media, you really don't know what they're They're up to, oh, and by the way, the best moment of the week, and we actually went viral in a good way for a change. Andy Reid telling us that Taylor Swift made homemade Pop-Tarts for the Chiefs offensive linemen, and Andy didn't get one. That was apparently everywhere this morning. So you never know where you're going to get your moment, but you take it when it comes.
1: It's going to be on this show in a little bit too.
2: Sometimes (laughs) the brand comes
3: to you.
0: Yeah, I I still want to know what constitutes a homemade Pop-Tart, how that's different. From a turnover, or like, I, I it's one thing for to make a pastry, she didn't make things to be toasted.
3: I'm just, I, I need, I need to know more. I think it's just pie also, crust on either side and flat, right? Yeah. Turnover is open faced, Well, popover is different too because I could be in a muffin.
1: Sweet Mandy Bees does it, just walk over there and ask uh, them how they do it. Okay. They do homemade Pop Tarts as well.
3: So, okay. Mike, Sweet Mandy Bees for you. If you're ever in town, if you're ever in well, Chicago, well, Sweet have, Mandy Bees, I B's. have
2: suspicion. I have suspicion about this that is rooted in. Something that happened when I was a kid. My mother made a big tray of cookies for a friend of hers in the neighborhood who was having a Christmas party and the cookies went over extremely well and the friend claimed credit for making the cookies. I can't help but wonder whether or not the Pop-Tarts were actually made by Taylor Swift.
1: I I feel like she did. I think that 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 was like a labor of love and her trying to connect with those folks.
2: Well, whatever she did, it worked. Although... Andy Reid didn't get any pop tarts. That's the only caveat. I'm Try some of them I with have a those nuggies. When, when you brought that up, Mike, I
0: have, I have a completely different memory of, of the one time my mom made a bunch of cookies to, to go to a holiday like cookie swap party, and I didn't, I didn't know, and I ate them all, and <laughs> <laughs> and she said, "Where, where are my cookies?" I'm, I don't know. Nobody told me <laughs> that they, those are off limits. Like, put a sign on them or something. So I was I never lived that down.
1: Mike, we That's appreciate good. you man. Have a good rest yes, of your day. We'll talk to you soon.
0: Nice to you. That's Mike Florio Pro Football Talk.